0: Welcome to the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Remember, your direct support makes our show possible, and you can directly support this podcast by visiting shillingshow.com and then clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page to make a monthly contribution. We appreciate your support. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast welcomes Edward Bartlett, PhD, the chairman of Stop Abusive Violent Environments, also known as SAVE. And today we're talking about violent trends, activism, ramping up in America and all of the surrounding issues. Edward Bartlett, thank you for joining us today on the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast.
1: Hey, Rob, how you doing? Good to be with you.
0: Well, this is such an important topic and you have an organization that's dealing with this head on. Would you tell us a little bit about SAVE?
1: Save stands for Stop Abusive and Violent Environments. Originally, we were only focused on campus issues such as Title IX. Title IX is the federal law designed to stop sex discrimination. But we've expanded our focus just because related issues happening off campus have really grabbed our attention and we feel we have to pay attention to it.
0: Well, we're very glad that you're there because this is just happening and there's very little pushback, and we'll get to that part of it later. But I'd like to talk about the rise of transgenderism. I think this has caught a lot of people off guard, but perhaps not you. What's the history of this movement from your own perspective, and when did it begin to rise?
1: Oh, That's a great question because it actually goes all the way back to the days of Karl Marx. And, of course, Karl Marx advocated for a radical form of equality by that he meant the complete abolition of not only the class, economic classes, but his writings were late, later taken to mean abolition of differences of sex. And feminism, of course, is based on Marxist ideology. So many feminists decided, yeah, the only way we can abolish sex discrimination is to eliminate eliminate the difference between male and female. So that's where the whole thing started.
0: You know, that's pretty remarkable that it goes back that far. And then I remember uh, as a child of the 70s growing up and, and hearing this argument again in popular culture, well, there's really no difference between men and women except for the plumbing. And that, that seemed like that was kind of reviving this issue that you talk about that came from Marx. That there's no difference between us.
1: I heard those same, that same argument and those same words myself. Uh, of course, there's a lot of research, psychological research, that shows things like men are more likely to be risk-takers, women are more likely to be relationship-oriented, and and a number of other important differences. So, yeah, the differences go beyond plumbing.
0: We have the history of the movement and a lot of these discussions that took place over the decades, but what we have now is not only the call for acceptance, which I think we're past that, but now it's the call to submission. What do you make of that And how are we to react to a call to submit to this movement?
1: Well, because again, this is based on Marxist ideology and Marxist ideology is a totalitarian ideology. And totalitarians love top-down solutions. They like top-down approaches. They like to rely on coercion and compulsion to achieve their their goal of complete and total uh, equality of the world. That's where this all came from. And yes, it is very coercive now.
0: And it's become fierce and it's become violent, which we'll get into in a moment. But I'm just curious, you know, Marx is long gone. Uh, The 70s are long behind us. But present day speaking, Edward, who is behind this movement? What's this push? Where's it coming
1: from? Personally, I'm convinced that there is some kind of hidden board or group coordinating this because the same issues are happening in Europe, uh, happening in other countries. The identical issues, you may have heard of the, it's called the Tavistock Clinic in the United Kingdom. That's actually been, was in existence for a number of years, but they were recently forced to shut down because so many of their former patients were suing them because of the botched transgender agenda. So, So yeah, I think there is some coordinating body I haven't figured out who that is yet.
0: It's very interesting to contemplate that this is all going on and it's being coordinated. And yet I look at certain countries and it seems like like if you look to the Middle East, uh, I'm not seeing much of this. I don't think a lot of this is going on in, in Africa. Uh, so what's the difference? Is this a first world issue?
1: It appears to be. I think the reason that, you know, he, I mean, first of all, let's... It, you know emphasize that the united nations is behind a lot of this mm-hmm. so if if you google the word transgender and united nations you'll be surprised how many hits you will find on the internet the united nations especially un women is certainly pushing this i think they are realistic to some extent they realize that going to uh, into nigeria and south africa and and other countries in africa it's just So repugnant and repulsive, they realize it's truly an uphill battle. So they have focused their their attention on Europe, the United States, Canada, and to some extent, Australia.
0: And yet the United States of America, particularly the Biden administration, is actually and actively pushing this, going so far as to fly a so-called pride flag at the Vatican, but uh, throughout the world as i understand uh, this ideology is being pushed by our own government do you have thoughts about why that is
1: this is not a, a movement of tolerance and acceptance this is a movement of coercion and control yeah, i was at the department of education building uh, a year ago and yes they had a a pride flag hang you know on display right next to the to the u.s flag right next to each other. And I just shocked and appalled.
0: Edward, we talk about the the violent aspect of this, and it's becoming increasingly violent, these uh, trans activists. Let's talk about some of the the higher profile violent acts recently. Uh, Certainly Covenant School in Nashville, and that's really had a lid kept on it. What do we know about what took place there and who was behind that?
1: Well, we do know that it was a gunman who did identify as transgender, we know that it was certainly unprovoked, and he just went into the into the school, and he started firing away. He killed three students and three staff members. This this fellow did have what, what was called a manifesto. The police have not released that manifesto. I don't know quite why, but uh, it certainly you know there's obviously was something in there, the police didn't want to get out. So yeah, that that's just one of 20 incidents we've identified just in 2023, transgender actual violence or threats of violence.
0: Maybe you could help us uh, to recall a couple of others. Are there any others that come to mind? I don't want people to forget these, and they tend to, as they go past us, say, well, maybe that happened once or twice. Are there any others that, that pop up in your memory?
1: Well, there's actually one that was not too far from you uh, in Richmond. Mm. Uh, this happened on March the 29th. And there were two transgender activists, and they were also joined by some Antifa agitators, and they went to a pro-life event at Virginia Commonwealth University. They violently disrupted the event. Uh, One student was forcefully shoved into a table and needed needed attention from EMT personnel. So that was fairly close to where you are. Another incident was at, in San Francisco, involving a former female swimmer named Riley Gaines. Yes. Uh, Riley Gaines, uh, she was, she was forced to, to compete against Leah Thomas for the championship, the national championship. She felt that she was severely aggrieved because this was so unfair. So she went to one of the universities in San Francisco And she was just giving a lecture to the students there, and lo and behold, transgender activists started to chase her, literally chase her down one of the hallways, hit her on the head, forced her into a classroom, and then said, you've got to pay us a ransom if you want to get out of this classroom. She missed her airplane flight, by the way.
0: This is remarkable, and there's incident after incident after incident that uh, if you look for it, you can find it. And yet these seem to get a pass. If there were some sort of violence on the other side, you know, that would be national news and they would never let you forget it. Why do these incidents and these people, and as you reference the um, Covenant School Manifesto being hidden when none of the others are, why are they getting a pass?
1: Well, just because so many issues in our society these days are driven by a narrative. The mainstream media does everything they can to support that narrative, the, the Democratic Party. Uh, upholds that narrative. They don't want people to hear sort of the other side of the story or maybe find out that the narrative is totally false. And that's certainly the case in this example. And if you'd like, I could tell you about, you know, what we've learned this this recent White House. Again, I'm putting the words fact sheet in quotation marks. Yes. This came out on June the 8th. Okay, and it, it's titled, It's it's still on the website. Biden-Harris administration announces new actions to protect LGBTQI plus communities. Okay, read it, and it talks about an upsurge of uh, attacks against LGBT, and it uses the term "fuel" uh, hate-fueled attacks. Okay, hate-fueled attacks. Okay, so we decided to follow the links in this called fact sheet and the links went to the department of homeland security Uh, they have uh, a listing of um, hate crimes. so we actually looked at all of the hate crimes listed for 2023 well it turned out that one of those hate crimes was that attack at the covenant school in nashville that was attacked by a transgender Mm -hmm. against school kids so that certainly didn't fit the narrative Um, Now, there was one case listed there, which was an incident that happened in a church in Toledo, Ohio. They were planning to hold a drag queen show at the church, and there was an attack on the church. Okay, I'll say, yeah, that that may have been hate-fueled. Okay. Um, But that was the only such incident listed on the Homeland Security website one incident does not represent a surge. And of course, as I said a minute ago, we've identified 20 such incidents just in 2023. So if we're gonna talk about a surge, it clearly is uh, attacks and threats by transgenders against non-transgenders.
0: The Schilling Show Unleashed Podcast continues with Edward Bartlett in just a moment. Get your fix. Show Unleashed. We continue. Edward Bartlett is our guest on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Chairman of Stop Abusive and Violent Environments Save. We're talking about violent transactivism ramping up. You have spent a lot of time, and you reference at the beginning of our conversation that you have expertise in Title Nine. Let's talk about what Title Nine is and what are some of the proposed changes by the Biden administration.
1: Certainly, Title Nine is the federal law designed to stop sex discrimination in schools, and that's good. Um, Unfortunately, Title IX has become weaponized over the last ten years or so, and especially under the Biden administration. So a year ago, last June, the Biden Department of Education unleashed a proposed regulation. Again, this is proposed, not yet in effect, but one of the key changes of that, of that proposed regulation was to alter the definition of sex to include gender identity. So that's where so much of the problems have arisen because that served to embolden and activate the transgender movement, which was already there, but fairly quiet. But that served as sort of the signal to say, okay, guys, Let's do it. Let's let's really get out there and push our agenda very aggressively. So that came from the this proposed regulation. The Department of Education got over 100,000 comments, many very critical of this proposal, and it's taken them so long to review those comments. They are still working on what changes they they will make to their original proposal. They're n- now saying that the the Title IX regulation will come out in October. So that's where things stand.
0: It seems to me that these revisions, actually, if Title IX was supposed to prevent discrimination, that they would actually increase discrimination. Uh, Whatever became of women's sports, uh, if you can have men participating in women's sports, why not just abolish it? Do you think that's where they're going? Because it doesn't make sense otherwise.
1: Well, that's what a lot of people fear and say. There was actually a hearing in the Senate last week uh, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana actually used those words. He said, "Well, should we just abolish women's sports here?" Uh, and he, of course, he was t- he was not advocating that. He was sort of asking it as a sarcastic question. The Leah Thomas cases uh, are not isolated, and they definitely appear to be increasing. Yeah, this this is you know irony upon irony. Here we have a law that's supposed to you know, curtail sex discrimination. Well would actually dramatically worsen sex discrimination in the school setting against, against female athletes. While we're at it, would also discriminate against male students who are falsely accused of some kind of sexual misconduct in colleges. They would lose virtually every due process protection, including the presumption of innocence.
0: That's a very troubling subject. are there constitutional issues there in these proposals? in other words, if this is administratively approved, do you believe that there's uh, challenges that could be made legally
1: absolutely yes and and that's that's yet another irony here is the the Constitution is at stake right now because of course the First Amendment is all about free speech if we increase the defi- if we expand the definition of sexual harassment to be oh not using the proper gender pronouns and you could be accused of of sexual harassment, that is certainly a First Amendment issue because coerced speech is not free speech. So that's the First Amendment. And then Fourteenth Amendment is is about due process. Well, it, you know, as I just said, <clears throat> the this proposed regulation would absolutely devastate a broad range of due process protections, such as the right to an an impartial investigation.
0: It is remarkable what's going on and tangentially in government schools. I want to get into the topic of child grooming. I recently released a video of uh, children here in the fourth grade and below reciting the LGBT alphabet gay pride book, and it caused a national firestorm, but it caused a local firestorm as well. People were upset, not that the kids were doing this, but that the video was released of kids doing this, even though their identities were blurred. (laughs) So I've got to ask you, you know, how broad is this? We're hearing about these isolated incidents, but is this going on nationwide, this government school sexual grooming?
1: The answer is unequivocally yes. I live in Maryland. This afternoon, today, June the 27th, there's going to be a demonstration uh, against the local board of education because the board of education decided to has a new policy parents can no longer opt out of instruction that they view to be sexually inappropriate or offensive and it's again it's not just Maryland it's not just Virginia it's all across the country we're seeing you know these coercive policies that's really designed to indoctrinate children
0: Well, it appears that, uh, Edward, that it has been very successful as we see the number of people who are identifying in one of these various uh, sexual or gender groups has just exploded. Uh, This doesn't happen naturally. Do you see it as a social contagion?
1: It is a a social contagion. Do you remember about, what, 10, 20 years ago, lots of girls were having eating disorders? Yes. Okay, do you remember that? There were teenage girls. Mm -hmm. Well, that was not you know, a physiological problem so much as a social problem that it just kind of became, you know, socially acceptable to have an eating disorder, whatever the eating disorder might be. Well, we are literally saying, seeing a similar phenomenon. It's called social contagion where, you know, a couple teenage girls, you know, say, you know what, everybody keeps telling me I'm a tomboy, you know, maybe I should change my trend, my gender. And another girls hear that and they say, hey, you know, I'm a tomboy, too. Let's do this together. Well, literally, and I'm not exaggerating in any way. I was at a conference a few months ago. Uh, A mother came up to me from Tennessee. She said in her local middle school, one third of all the girls (laughs) consider themselves to be transgender. Now, explain that, right? Well, there's no explanation
0: for it, uh, no logical explanation, and it kind of goes back to the whole social contagion theory. But what does that mean going forward, the the impact on these children, uh, their ability to form relationships, to have families and reproduce, and to be a part of society as we've known it in the past? I mean, this is clearly threatened by all this.
1: Well, very much so. And so this is the the process. So first is what's called social transitioning. So that means you get a new name. And a name of the opposite sex, and you start dressing like the opposite sex, and you start using the bathroom of the opposite sex. So that's the social transition. The next step is called the, the medical transition, where you start taking what are called puberty blockers, um, or, you know, around the age of 10, 12, mm-hmm. 13, and those block the development of breasts and, and secondary genitalia, And then the third step of this gruesome process is the surgical transition where they do, euphemistically, they do top surgery and or bottom surgery. Mm. And, you know, I mean, the stories we've heard um, are just horrendous
0: well they certainly are and what what really bothers me about this secondarily to what they're actually doing is the way that the mainstream media characterizes this as quote gender affirming care they talk about that and use that term every time as if this is something good it's something that's absolutely evil
1: rob you're right it is evil and i think we need to start using that word this is an evil concept it's an evil movement it has evil effects on children This is uh, something that we need to take very seriously. So, Edward,
0: let's talk about how to push back. Um, Let's start on the legal front. Uh, What's being done here, and are we making any headway against this huge movement?
1: We are making headway. In many states around the country, there have been actual laws passed this year, this spring, designed to, some of them are prohibit doing any kind of medical intervention on minors, Mm -hmm. uh, young children. Other laws are designed to block the school curriculum changes. Others address the issue of leaving parents in the dark. So there have been a number of laws passed all around the country, and there have been lawsuits. There was a lawsuit filed in California against a school there in in Chico, California, Mm -hmm. because they had transitioned. I think she was a 13-year-old daughter without the parents' knowledge or consent. So there is a lot of pushback.
0: If people want to get involved, Edward Bartlett, if they want to see the work that you're doing and assist you in that, how can people best help you?
1: We have a group called the Title IX Network. Uh, Right now, it's 218 organizations in Virginia and all around the country. If any of your listeners are affiliated with a group or a chapter of a group that would like to join the Title IX Network, we would be delighted to welcome you. But so one way is to is to join our Title IX Network. Another way is to simply speak out. If there's a uh, you know, go to your local school board meetings, talk about this. Go to your the Capitol. Uh, I mean, the, right now Virginia is out of session. But, you know, this issue is not going away. So get involved politically. Uh, There's really so many ways that citizens can can become involved in pushing back.
0: And where can we find SAVE online?
1: Our web address is www.saveservices.org. Again, saveservices.org.
0: There's a lot of terrific information there, and I would encourage people to visit you and to support your efforts. Edward Bartlett, thank you so much for joining us today on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast and for your continuing efforts.
1: Thank you, Rob. Good to chat with you.
0: That concludes another edition of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Visit us online at shillingshow.com where you can directly support this podcast by clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and making a monthly donation. Your support is essential for the continuation of the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Until next time.